So welcome to the fourth uh, in our series uh, from Genesis chapter one called The Beginning. Genesis chapter two, verse one reminds us of the scale of creation. This is what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. There are more than two billion stars in our galaxy and there are more than two trillion galaxies. Those numbers just blow our minds. And yet Psalm 147 verse 4 says that God determines the numbers of the stars and calls them all by name. Wow. Today we're focusing on the God of the small, the incredible detail of God's creation and what that means for us today. And so we're going to read from Genesis chapter 1 verses 10 to 12 and verses 20 to 25. And this is what it says. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Verse 20. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. God, who is spirit, made the physical world and universe in which we live. He created it with physical things. And some of those we can see and some of them we can touch. Why? Maybe it's because the only way we can grasp who God is and what he's like is uh, through that. But whatever the reason, throughout creation, God reveals his wisdom. Psalm 104 verse 24 says this, How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Creation points us to God. The writer C.S. Lewis talks about us being able to trace sunbeams back to the sun so that we enjoy not just the sunshine but the source of the sunshine which is the sun itself. And so what he's saying is that we can trace the creation, uh, the created things that God has made back to the one who created it, and that is part of their purpose. Creation points us to God. 
So all the physical things that God has made, whether it be sunbeams, whether it be seeds, whether it be birds of the air, they reveal something of God himself. Literally, theology is all around us. It's why Jesus teaches us about his Father in heaven using parables that talk about sheep and birds and flowers and seeds and trees and fields. Creation teaches us to look and learn. And firstly, we see from creation that God designs. I remember a number of years ago, I had a, a, a Saab. I was, uh, I loved the car. It was a great car. And uh, I was fiddling uh, in the, uh, the front of the car with uh, uh, something in my hand on the dashboard. And uh, I was uh, uh, playing around and something fell behind underneath the gear stick. And so uh, in my wisdom, I decided I needed to get it. So I took the gear stick apart and I literally took the whole of the gear stick apart and it all uh, underneath the mechanism came out in bits. And I knew that it had been created uh, uh, and designed so it needed to go back as it came out. Unfortunately, I didn't pay enough attention. And so when I put it back together, I suddenly found that the car could go forwards, but it couldn't reverse. And the problem was that I was in front of the house and the only way I could get out was to reverse. And so I was there for about two hours trying to put it back together in the way it had been designed so I could get the car out of the drive. You see, the design is important. And the closer we look at creation, the more complex we find it is and the more, uh, uh, more we realise we don't understand. God, we're told, designed seed-bearing plants. There are uh, more than 350 species of flowering uh, plants. Each, that, each of them have different needs of soil, of water, of sun, of shade, of humidity. Each varies in size and colour and complexity, and yet, are all, and yet all of them are beautiful in their own right. Some are edible, some are not, some are uh, useful for medicine. Each plant propagates, produces, uh, uh, reproduces itself in different ways. Some plants, uh, trees for example, produce seeds, produce fruit, and from the fruit come seeds. Uh, it can be one seed or it can be many. I was eating an apple yesterday and out of it, you can see, uh, came four seeds, four seeds from one apple. And each one of these seeds in the right circumstances can reproduce the plant that it came from. It is absolutely incredible. All will produce new plants given the right conditions. I was reading about a date plant uh, palm seed that was more than uh, 1900 years old. It had come from uh, the, a site in Israel above uh, the Dead Sea in uh, the uh, fortress of Masada. And they'd found this seed and this seed, uh, although it was 19, more than 1900 years old, it was hardy enough uh, to reproduce and so they managed to produce uh, a plant from it. Incredible. Similarly, God has created animals in incredible detail. He gave eyes to creatures according uh, to their needs. 
And so it's why bird's eyesight is somewhat, uh, probably around eight to 10 times uh, sharper than human eyesight. So hawk's eyes as they're dive, diving for prey on the ground, uh, a hawk's eyes refocus all the way down to the ground so it, it doesn't lose sight of its prey. Smaller birds' eyesight is so good that they can catch tiny insects that are in flight. Owls' eyes can't move, and yet they can turn their head 270 degrees. They also have an extra eyelid, a, 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 a clear membrane that comes over the eye that protects it from dust as the owl is in flight. This is no random evolution. It's evidence of God's handiwork. And the pinnacle of God's creation is us. It's you and it's me. In the fifth century, Augustine said that we seek out amazing scenery to wonder at, and yet we ignore the wonder of our own bodies. We need to look and learn. Our brains can can process complex images that we see in a matter of milliseconds. So we see something in milliseconds, it's been translated by our brain so that we know what we've seen. During our lifetime, our brains will amass more than five times the information contained in all the pr printed material in the world. That is incredible. In the next 24 hours, our heart will beat more than 100,000 times. It will pump more than 2,000 gallons of blood around our bodies. We will take more than 17,000 breaths and more than 50,000 thoughts will cross our minds in the next day. Psalm 139 verse 14 says this, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. When you look at your body, when you uh, get up in the morning, are you staggered by the wonder of what God has done? Or are you looking in the mirror and think, oh gosh, oh, I look terrible this morning. God is delighted in what he created. Consider the vast number of cells in our bodies. Each cell is of equal value and is designed with a specific part to play. Similarly, each one of us has been created with a unique identity by God and a God-given purpose for our lives. And so as we think of the cells in our body, we think of the God who has created us to be part of a body in and through Jesus Christ. And that body is the church, we know from the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, reminding them of this imagery. And he says in chapter 12, verses 18, 19 and verse 27, he says this. But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us has a part to play in God's plans, in God's church. Each day, we should thank God for the privilege of life. 
Yet our bodies, we know, deteriorate as we grow older. Uh, Our bodies deteriorate as a result of disease, of living in a sin-sick world, so that uh, God's beautiful creation deteriorates and decays. And it's not easy for us uh, living in bodies that are getting older and are decaying. But even in the most difficult of circumstances, we can still look at our bodies and we can know that because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us, that one day God will give us a new body. Just like a seed, just like the seed that we talked about earlier, just about like a seed drops into the ground, falls into the ground and it's as though it dies. But as it does that, out of that seed comes a new Uh, plant, a new body, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so even though our bodies are deteriorating, we can look at ourselves every day and we can say, God, you are amazing. One day you're going to give me a new body that won't be subject to decay, won't deteriorate. And we can worship God that one day we will be with him and we will be like him. How amazing is that? It's our hope beyond the grave. As we wake up in the morning, as I said, when we look in the mirror, it should stir us to worship. We live in a world where body image and appearance are everything. Our culture tells us uh, what beautiful should look like, and it lies to us. Each of us has been created in the image of God. And when God uh, saw what he created, when he looked at us, he said, it is very good. God is delighted with you. He's delighted with you. He made you the way that you are. We're created in his image. And so we need to lift up our heads. We need to believe the gospel. If we put our trust in Jesus, uh, uh, he uh, and we have been restored to relationship with our father in heaven. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. If we love God, we will love ourselves. We need to look and learn. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help believe what the Bible says is true. God designs. The second thing is God knows. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when uh, I was in school, there was in every class, there was someone who was a know-it-all, someone who knew every answer. Uh, In class 1-1 in Alpha in 1974, it was a girl called Caroline. She knew everything, or at least I thought she did. Her average exam mark over all her exams was always around 99%. 99%! I can tell you mine wasn't. She even played the clarinet. I only played the fool. Yet she didn't know everything. Genesis chapter 1 introduces us to the one who knows everything. God's understanding is perfect. And it's why everything he makes is perfect. Jen Wilkin in her book, None Like Him, says he knows all things, not because he's learned them, but because he is their origin. God never forgets never misses a detail. He never has to learn anything new. 
He never misunderstands anything or anyone. He never suffers from information overload. He never gets lost in the detail or can't see the wood for the trees. There's nothing God doesn't know. People may think they know what makes us tick. Well, they don't. But God does. He is the all-knowing God. The Bible word for it is he is omniscient. He knows everything. And that's why Paul is stirred to worship in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Listen to what he says. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. God knows every plant and every seed that it came from. He knows every organism in the deepest part of the deepest ocean, unseen by the human eye. He uh, and sees those and knows those that are so small they can't even be seen by the uh, naked eye. He knows the exact makeup of the DNA in each one of the 37 trillion cells in our body. God knows it all. He knows how many hairs are on our head. That is astounding. God knows our thoughts even before we think them. It's why Jesus, the image of the invisible God, knew what people were thinking. Nothing is beyond God's gaze. He understands our emotions. He, so he knows when we're energised and when we're tired. He knows when we're relaxed and when we're worried and anxious. He knows when we're positive and when we're fearful. He knows when we're excited and when we're disappointed. He knows what we need before we ask him. God uh, inspires us. He wants to inspire us through uh, the first chapter of Genesis to put our faith in him, the one who truly knows us. Jesus himself said this, For truly I say to you, you have faith. If you have faith as small uh, as a, a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed, you will say to the mountains, the difficulties, the obstacles in front of you, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. God knows us and he knows that he can take the little seeds of faith, the faith that we have in him and what he says about us, and that when we put our trust in him, he will take those seeds of faith and cause them to grow to fulfill his great plans and desires. You see, only God knows what we're truly capable of. God knows. Thirdly, God cares. I remember when my gran was suffering with dementia. She was unable to remember the details of uh, our family, uh, unable to remember names, unable to remember people. I mean, it's so hard in a moment like that when uh, a loved one is struggling in a sea of forgetfulness. It's hard when you're looking around and it, it feels like they don't care, but that isn't the truth. Creation reminds us that God created everything perfect and he is the sustainer of all things. 
The evidence is all around us and the evidence that God sustains his creation reminds us that God cares about the smallest details of our lives. And so when our bodies are decaying, it isn't that God, that God doesn't care. God deeply cares about us. And the creation around us reminds us that as God sustains plants and animals, as God does all of that, he still cares for us. So in the Old Testament, when Job complains that God doesn't seem to care about all that's happening to him, all that's going wrong in his life, all the disasters that are unfolding around him, God's response to Job in the moment is to remind Job of all the things he doesn't know about creation that God does know, all the things in the animals that God looks after and God understands. And the point that God is making to Job is this, that if he cares for creation down to the minutest detail so that even the birds don't have to uh, do anything to ensure that they've got food then God cares for us. The world that God created when he brought order out of chaos is good. God loves this world. Sadly our turning our back on him has resulted in the created world slipping back into chaos and disorder. Our greed and our selfishness are damaging the splendour of the world that God has created. From the man-made smog over many of the major cities of this world to the discarded plastic that pollutes oceans and is killing wildlife. Those things should matter to us because they matter to God. And although we know uh, uh, in the meantime that what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verses 20 to 22 is that uh, it will be only ultimately at the end of all time when Jesus returns to restore everything to God. At that moment that uh, the creation will be finally restored to its former glory. In that, it's going to be in that moment. And as we know that that's going to happen then, in the meantime, we still need to be passionate about the world that we live in. But we need to remember only uh, the only answer is in the gospel. Lasting change only comes from hearts that have been transformed by the love of God through Jesus Christ at the cross. So we need to love God and be filled with the Spirit. Only then will we be transformed into being more like Jesus, the one who sustains all of creation by his powerful word. And if we love Jesus, we will love the world that he's made. Sadly, we uh, care more about the natural world than the people in it. You see, God uh, said the natural world was good. But when he created men and women like you and me, he said it was very good. It was the pinnacle of what he made. And so when you read the newspapers at the moment, what you see is that dog napping is more seems to be more significant than the tens of people that are being murdered in Myanmar at the moment uh, by the army's coup. You see, we are still the jewel. Human beings are still the jewel in the in the in creation that's been tarnished by sin 
God cares about us so much that he sent Jesus to rescue us and bring our lives back into line with uh, uh, what he created us for. We need to look and learn. He cares about creation and he cares about us. And he wants us to be those who know that we are loved by God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son, that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. That can be yours today if you put your trust in Jesus. Uh, you put your trust in him and God wants to, uh, you to be restored to relationship with him. He wants you to know that he is your father in heaven and he has sent Jesus to make that possible for you, that you might be forgiven. If God provides food for birds, then he will provide food for us. If he clothes the flowers of the field, he will clothe us. If he oversees the movement of every unseen molecule to bring about his good purpose, how much more will he work out all things together for our good? If trees bear leaf in drought because of their deep roots that go down into the water under the surface, so we can bear fruit in lockdown and in this season if our roots go deep down into who uh, we are in Christ, who God says that we are, and we know that we've been designed for purpose. And if we live out of that, we can bear fruit. If ants, who by themselves are inconsequential with little strength, can work selflessly to support their community, so can we. You can make a difference in your community, in your street, in your workplace. If from a tiny seed, a tree can produce a home for a multitude of birds and animals, what will God do through our small steps of faith in this next season? God wants us to be those who look at creation, believe that God is speaking to us through it, that it's revealing something of our Father to us, and know that God has designed us, that God knows everything about us, and God cares about us and wants to make us fruitful. As we draw to a conclusion, Genesis chapter 1 helps us see the God of the small, the God of minutiae, the God of detail. Take time every day. When you get up, as you look in the mirror, look and reflect on the wonder of God's creation. As you're outside walking and uh, you're seeing the beauty of creation in the spring sunlight, Look and see and reflect what God has done and what that speaks of about God and what it speaks of about you. He designed his creation down to the finest detail. He knows the potential of all he's made, including you and me. He cares deeply about the world he has created. More importantly, he cares about us. As Peter encourages us in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. As the Christian author Philip Yancey said, a God wise enough to create me and the world I live in is wise enough to watch out 
for me. God cares for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you designed us and that you created each and every one of us. And Father, whatever we uh, think about ourselves, you delight in us and you have created us good, very good. Father, help us believe the truth about ourselves. Help us know the wonder of your creation, the design that's gone into this material world, the animals and the uh, plants that we see, but also into us and that you have created us for purpose, your purpose for our lives. Help us to remember that you know everything. There's nothing that you don't know and you are completely trustworthy. And if you are completely trustworthy, you are going to care for us and look after us and provide for us. Father, in this next season, would you be with us and make us fruitful to fulfill your great purpose for our lives? Would you come and use your church here at Hope Church to be all that you want us to be, to reach out to our community, to reveal Christ? In Jesus' name. Amen.